for so long we can finally move on with our lives so as everyone expected a huge trade went down and much to jay glazer's disappointment it was von miller headed to the broncos we also saw adrian peterson get picked up by the titans but deshaun watson deshaun motherfucking watson is officially 100 percent without question still sitting on his couch, collecting his $10 million from the Texans, and has not been traded to the Miami Dolphins, the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, or anyone else in the NFL. So after months and months of alleged imminent deals, reached agreements, and the owner of the Dolphins wanting to get Watson, it would appear, as I have stated for a long time now, that everyone, and I do mean everyone, is and has been full of shit. So this deal was allegedly happening before the draft, during, after, and every single week, and all the insiders and, quote, highly reputable sources got you clicking and sharing and texting and moving needles. Congratulations, you played yourself. Now the Texans allegedly turned down three number ones and three number threes for a guy who has 22 pending civil lawsuits and no trial until at least the offseason. You got me fucked up if you think I'm buying that. You also completely out of pocket if you are trying to get me to believe that the billionaire who wanted this guy on his team couldn't have him because the GM is not going to make the deal. The GM that he's probably about to fire and just couldn't get the deal done. If anything, I personally believe that Chris Greer would have tried to get this deal done at all costs to possibly save his job. I'll go further out on a limb and say that Brian Flores wanted no part of Watson from the get, but can't come out at a press conference and throw his fucking boss under the bus like he's King Dick in the building. That is why he and Tua had private conversations. That is why Watson has not been traded anywhere. Because no billion-dollar organization is going to enter into that PR disaster without giving up very little risk. And if you think any team gives up six premium picks with all of this shit in the air, not even Bill O'Brien himself gets sign-off on that kind of deal. So fuck your feelings. I got a live space tonight with Antoine Staley and Jason Sarney. Come haul at us. Speak your mind. And we can get into that shit. But now, week nine football. Are you starting off a winner? We hit parlay pay dirt for the second week in a row now. We finally had our first down week on straight bets all season. If you followed us you know that we have crushed it ahead of the spread every single week. We finally had a down week. We were 5-7 and seven on straight bets, but more than made up 
for it on our parlays, and we're still 56 and 37 on straight bets for the entire year. But, you know, again, hitting the parlays, hitting everything, you know, we just continue to crush this shit. So I even had a nice little three-team parlay that I snuck off to the side that I only shared with our Patreon subscribers. And, you know, I, I know I give you guys a lot of great bets. I put it all out here on the podcast, but, you know, sometimes I find a little something extra, a line moves this way or that way. I find a little tasty treat, and I like to share it with the people who help us keep the lights on. And so go check our Patreon out if you haven't. Um, there's actually a ton of cool benefits and perks, and I'm going to be a lot adding a lot more exclusive content as well as exclusive bets I'm writing and different things like that. But we'll talk about that later in the show. So for now, let's get into week nine. You've got your bye weeks, right? The Lions, 0-8. You know, supporting the Lions is like having a friend on crack. You know it's not entirely their fault, and they really can't help themselves you still love them. You just hate spending time with them. And if they have any kind of money, you know they're just going to piss it away. So you can only hope that someday they get the help that they need. It's hard to lose on a bye week, but I believe in the Lions. If anyone can find a way to do it, the Lions will find a way to take an L on the bye week. Another team that's on the bye this week is the Seattle Seahawks. 3-5, and five, they destroyed the Jags last week. They get some time to heal up before a week 10 visit to Green Bay and that is going to be a tough tough matchup and they already have a tough claw to make the playoffs they need to go at least six and three the rest of the way out to have a realistic shot it's possible but it's not easy by any means we know that Russell Wilson got the pin taken out he's trying to get back um, but we'll see how it works out for the Seahawks Tampa Bay on the other side, 6-2, and two, sitting in a really good position. Uh, unfortunately, last week, though, they lost to Trevor Simeon and the Saints. Now, Gronk got you zero points in fantasy and had to leave the game with back spasms. I feel like this is going to be a season-long lingering issue. I tried to hold out hope that once he came back, he was going to go right back to how he was in the beginning of the season. But I feel like... I don't even know if he'll get a lot of usage before the playoffs. Um, so that's something to monitor. If you can get any kind of trade value for him, I would move out of Gronk as fast as possible. But with the Buccaneers in general, penalties, penalties, fucking penalties. 59 so far this year, which is the second worst in the NFL. And listen, we've said for a long time, this is going to come back to bite the Bucks in the ass sooner or later. It just did it sooner than we expected, and in a division game, no doubt, where you were playing a backup quarterback. So the Buccaneers really got to try to clean that up as they move forward to what we all expect to be a postseason run. Um, a team that, you know, I don't think is going to have a postseason run, uh, but that is fighting nonetheless to keep their head above water is the Washington football team. So they lost a close one to the Broncos, and they led almost every statistical category except for where it mattered most. They allowed five sacks, and they threw two interceptions, and that was all she wrote. And after the bay, after the bay, Freudian slip, because after the bye, they actually have Tampa Bay, 
and you know they need to enjoy this week off and try to get right because they're going to be in a world of hurt after the bye. So we'll see how that goes. Let's talk about Thursday night football. New York Jets two and five taking on the Indianapolis Colts at three and five. Now Colts are favored by ten and a half points in this one, and I think the Jets can cover that. I don't want to get too high on what happened last week, but I just don't have that much faith in the Colts overall. So last week, Mike White became the first 400-yard passer the Jets have had in like 20 years, um, knocked off the AFC first-place Bengals, and he was like Mike Winchell from Friday Night Lights, and they got Michael Carter out there looking like Culver when he learned to run north and south, and I honestly low-key love this story and hope the Jets keep it up this week. Um, on paper, they're outmatched, they're outgunned, and you lose this battle, my friends. You lose it nine times out of ten, unless you wait until Wentz gives you opportunities, and you know he will, and you carpe diem these motherfuckers. So that's going to be the thing that the Jets are going to have to pounce on. I still think they probably lose this game, but I like them to cover the ten and a half points. On the Colts' side... Listen, Carson Wentz is a poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the reason that they lost to Tennessee last week. So I think that he has to try not to do too much. Realize you're playing the New York Jets. I don't think they're going to throw for 400 yards again this week. Um, Which, speaking of, if you didn't catch it, there was a guy who put down a 1,000 bet at 125-1 to on Mike White to be the leading passer of the week and cashed out 125k so god bless his soul um but anyways back to the Colts you know I think that Pittman is a great play this week but Pascal is really risk reward in PPR only would I maybe dip my toe in the Zach Pascal area if I really need to um I think there's better options out there I think this game is going to be lots of ground and pound you can't trust Carson Wentz to just keep chucking shit up in the air and hopefully get pass interference calls. Um, I think that you know they will try to have a conservative style of offense in least at least until the defense lets the Jets into the game, and then at that point all bets are off, and you never know what's going to happen. But I like the Jets to cover in this one. Uh, next game we have up is the Las Vegas Raiders, five and two, and they are two and a half point favorites by a uh, by. Listen to me, I swear I've only had okay, maybe I've had a few. The Raiders are fucking uh, two and a half point favorites over the Giants, who are two and six. Now for the Raiders, last week, you know they were on a bye, and of course, you know, unfortunately, if you haven't heard. Henry Ruggs was in a violent car wreck early Tuesday morning, killing the driver of the other vehicle. Ruggs showed signs of impairment and was charged with DUI, resulting in fatality. It's a horrible, horrible situation, and my thoughts are with everyone involved. Life is way too short, and it's just really, really shitty. Um, Having said that, and I'm not trying to make light of a horrible incident, um, but this is a football podcast, so... Having said that, it just became Hunter Renfro season. So I'm all in on Hunter Renfro. 
Now, could I word that better and seem more sympathetic? Sure. But listen, it happened. Somebody died. Ruggs may not ever play football again. And it's a horrible, horrible situation. So let's acknowledge the tragedy and then talk about Hunter Renfro because I think that's what the deceased would have wanted. So Renfro, Carr, and the other players not seeking counsel this week will have a chance to get to 6-2 and two against a bad Giants team. Brian Edwards is also available in 93% of leagues and could see an uptick with rugs out or if one of their other wide receivers gets into legal trouble. Um, so keep an eye on him. Now, last week, you know, Kansas City spent all night trying to give that game away to the Giants, and the Giants really should have won by 30, but they just couldn't capitalize. So, unfortunately for them, the injuries continue to hit the Giants hard, especially in the wide receiver department. Um, Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard had barely started playing when they were banged up all of a sudden as well. So they need all the help they can get this week, and they might get it if Saquon Barkley is able to suit up. So that's something you're going to have to monitor throughout the week, but obviously they would love to have him back in the backfield. And, you know, the other thing that the Giants got to try to work on is they have the worst red zone offense in the NFL, so that's not going to cut it against Las Vegas. So the good thing you have is Las Vegas doesn't blitz. They're, I think, the third fewest blitzing team in the NFL. They just don't get after you with um, more than four. So Daniel Jones will have some time to sit back, make his reads, and of course use his legs if need be. So that's what the Giants are going to have to try to do. I think that Vegas wins this game, and I think they cover the two and a half points. I'm not really worried about it just because the Giants unfortunately are so bad at this time. Now, let's talk about another team that's not setting the world on fire. The Atlanta Falcons, 3-4, and four, and they're taking on the New Orleans Saints at 5-2. and two. The Saints are favored by 5.5 points in this game, even with Trevor Simeon as their current quarterback. Now let's start with the Falcons. Last week, Cordero Patterson was the lone bright spot. Pitts only had, I think, 13 yards. Calvin Ridley is so distraught being a Falcon that he is stepping away from football. Um, and I joke, but friendly reminder, DMs always open. Mental health is nothing to fuck around with. And if you need someone just to talk to, listen, reach out to me anytime. DMs are open. Anyways, Matt Ryan last week, 146-yard passing and two interceptions. Not going to get it fucking done. This week, you know, they're going to have to try and take advantage of the quarterback situation in New Orleans. I think that Russell Gage obviously could get some love in this game. And it's going to be a tough matchup. They're going to have to really, it's, they're just going to have to get into a slugfest all game and hope that New Orleans makes a couple of mistakes on offense because the Saints defense, they're, they're not to drop it. That's what she said, but they're coming hard. Like it's, it's just, it is what it is. The Saints have an amazing defense and, you know, the Saints last week were winning the game with guys who hadn't played football in years. I mean, I swear they were running into people at Copeland's like, hey, you ever play football before? Would you like to? And that's what the Saints offense was last week. But somehow they fucking got it done against the Bucks. So go figure. Um, we know Jameis Winston is out for the season, not only an ACL injury, but damage to his MCL as well. 
that sucks. And the one thing that I have seen circulating is Philip Rivers says that he is open to listening if the Saints would like to call him. And I'm running to that fucking phone. Like, nothing against Trevor Simeon and everything, but we saw what Philip Rivers did last year with the Colts and a really good defense. And I think if he is in any kind of football shape, I am absolutely getting him in there A-S-A-fucking-P. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Again, the Saints defense has been pretty much lights out this year, and it's always going to be an uphill climb in the NFC. But, you know, they were past base camp, man. They were ascending. They were there. So I'd hate to see this season kind of go down the tubes with Winston being lost. And I can't believe I'm saying that, you know, the loss of Jameis Winston could be the end of a football team season. But it is what it is. So speaking of it is what it is, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are who they thought we thought they were. One and six, and they are hosting the Buffalo Bills. Um, I don't know if I gave you the point spread real quick. I'm just I'm trying to catch up. Catch up. I'm trying to keep up, not just with my drinking, but with all of our point spreads. So if I didn't give it to you, I do like the Saints by five and a half points over the Falcons, which is what they're favored, and they're the home team. I'm taking that. Now back to the Jacksonville Buffalo game. Buffalo's favored by fourteen and a half in this game. I don't normally like these big spreads, but, I mean, just look at the two teams. Just look at the two teams. I got to believe that Buffalo's going to beat the pants off the Jacksonville Jaguars. So last week, things got off to a shaky start against Miami, but in the end, they got it done. They turned it on towards the end of the game, showed who they were. Um, I look for a much more dominating performance this week against a team that hasn't won a game on U.S. soil this year. So... The Jaguars, listen, last week they got sodomized by Geno Smith and the Seahawks, 31-7. Josh Allen is going to pack heat a lot more than Geno Smith. So James Robinson, the good thing for the Jaguars, he avoided serious injury, and the Jags hope to have him ready to go um, sooner rather than later. And, you know, for the Jaguars, you need that because they have the number two rushing team in the NFL and they need to lean on that run game not ask Trevor Lawrence to do too much Um, the Jags are going to try to hope to catch the Bills napping because it could be quote a trap game but I think that the Dolphins already tried that and Buffalo is not at all sitting back going okay we have this wrapped up so I think they'll be ready to play this game I also think Emmanuel Sanders feels like he's due for a big game I don't love either running back just because they're not a huge rushing team and they split carries pretty evenly between those two guys there so I'm passing on the running backs if I have anything to say about it speaking of running backs that I will not pass on though uh, Cleveland Browns at 4-4 four and four are going on the road to take on the Cincinnati Bengals at 5-3. and three. The Bengals are favored by three points in this game, and I like Cleveland to cover. So last week, the Browns dropped one to Pittsburgh. The offense couldn't get going, but it's still the number one rushing team in football. 5.2 yards per carry. Nick Chubb, it was his first game back. I think he's going to be ready to go. He'll be more comfortable this week. And, you know... I think that Baker, it's it's tough, man. We know he's dealing with the injury, um, but damn, like it, like you, you, 
it's it's tough, right? For the Browns, you know, I don't even know off the top of my head who their backup is, and I'm sure someone will tell me on Twitter um, or when I get off of this, I'll I'll go and I'll look it up. But you know, when you make a oh, it's Case Keenum, shit, duh. Um, you have to make a business decision at some point. Does an injured Baker Mayfield give you as good a chance as a full strength Case Keenum? Um, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that one. I, I really don't because I don't know the extent of how bad Baker is hurt. We know that he's got this device like strapped to his non-throwing arm to kind of hold it in place with his shoulder and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I know he's a tough son of a bitch. Um, but that's something they're going to have to monitor. But if they have any kind of efficiency and use out of Baker and he, and he plays well and the running game goes, then I think Cleveland covers this game. On the Bengals' side, this could be a trap game, you know, because they they got the Bengals um, facing the New, York, the New York Jets last week, and they allowed Mike White, who... I mean, literally, who? Mike White. They allowed Mike White to throw for 400 yards. The Jets have the worst offense in football, and yet they couldn't be stopped. 34-31 um, to 31 loss after you embarrassed the Ravens just a week prior. I, I don't know. And, you know, it's, it's not that Cincinnati, I think, thinks that Cleveland is not a good team, which maybe is what they were thinking of the Jets. Um... But with Baker being injured and with them being 5-3, and three, they were the number one seed in the NFL just a week ago. I'm sorry, in the AFC. Um, I just I hope they're up for this game. I think that the defense has to try and stop the banged-up Cleveland offense. And, you know, it's, it's a huge game. If they let the Browns beat them at home, this season will start going in the wrong direction really, really fast. And they will turn on Zach Taylor with the quickness. Um, I think the Bengals need to establish the run and produce long drives, keep Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Landry, OBJ, keep those guys on the sideline and uh, give them very few opportunities if possible. Now, next game up, two 500 teams, the New England Patriots taking on the Carolina Panthers. Both teams are 4-4. Four and four. New England's favored by 3.5 points in this one on the road. And I actually like New England uh, to definitely win the game. Um, and covering the three and a half points is a little tough. I don't love it. Um, but push comes to shove, I'll take it. And last week they got a huge victory over the LA Chargers to get back to 500. Mac Jones wasn't great. I'm just going to be honest. I, I like the kid. I think he's done some great things this season, and I still believe in him. But just last week wasn't great. You know, 18 of 35, basically 50%, 218 yards, no touchdowns, also no picks. So just wasn't anything to really write home about. Um, Harris, on the other hand, had 23 carries. So it's it's always weird with the Patriots running backs because Harris had 23 carries. This week he'll probably get four, and they'll give majority of the carries to another back. Like it's... Sometimes they'll go on a run where they're consistent for a little while, and then all of a sudden, I I don't know. So it's it's very tough to trust Bill with his running backs. But 
I would say right now I would probably trust Damian Harris more than I usually would trust a New England running back. So just something to consider. Um, I expect more of the same out of the Patriots this week. Keep chugging along. Let your defense go to town on Sam Darnold and hope that Christian McCaffrey isn't playing. I think on the Panthers' side of the ball, you know, last week they snapped a four-game losing streak, got a W over Atlanta in spite of Sam Darnold, who was 13 of 24, 129 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, um, and Chuba fumbling on the very first play of the game in your own territory. But the Panthers somehow got the dub, and they're going to be fighting to try to get above 500 along with the Patriots. You know, two 500 teams fighting for their seasons. Basically, whoever makes the least mistakes is going to win this game, which is literally why I trust New England more in this situation. But if Christian McCaffrey is a go, then that gives Carolina a real shot to make me lose some money. Um, A game that I think is easily a money line bet um but i will take the points is dallas dallas is hosting the denver broncos dallas is six and one the broncos are at four and four dallas is favored by eight and a half in this game if you can buy two points to get to six and a half i suggest you do it otherwise fuck it lay the eight and a half and let it ride because honestly the cowboys with dak back they're like that just I'm I'm not concerned about the Denver Broncos. But let's talk about the Broncos for a second. So they started the week by shipping 32-year-old Von Miller to the Rams in order to get a second and a third round pick in 2022. This is a great deal for the Broncos because Von Miller was actually a free agent in about eight weeks anyway. So you were probably going to lose him, but you just got a really good haul for him. The only thing that sucks is you had to pay $9 million of his $9.7 million salary that was left for the remainder of the season. So you basically just bought two draft picks. But if you spend them wisely, very good deal for Denver and obviously a really good deal for the Rams. Now, the Denver Broncos also broke a four-game losing streak last week. They snuck by the Washington football team. Teddy was 19 of 26, 213 yards, one touchdown, no interception, and Melvin Gordon continues to find the end zone. You know, I have I have such a tough relationship with him on my fantasy team because whenever I decide, ah, I got a few better options, you know, he's only kind of break in case of emergency, he finds the end zone. And he never gets a lot of yards. He doesn't have huge games. But down in the red zone, they trust him and he finds pay dirt. So it's it's hard to sit him, you know, with all the bye weeks and everything else unless you have obviously better options. But I think Denver this week, you know, they need to use that number three scoring defense and try to slow down the number three scoring offense in the NFL which is the Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas came through in the clutch last week. Big Balls Cooper Rush helped me cover Dallas minus three, and I appreciate him for that. The boys knocked off the Vikings with no Dak Prescott, and now they should have Dak back to take on the Denver Broncos. With Dak back in in action, uh, the most efficient offense In the NFL, I told you they're number three scoring offense. They're the number one offense as far as yards per play. And they should be full throttle, should be a full go. So that's why 
eight and a half points, gun to my head, fuck it. I'm feeling confident. I mean, we won big last week. We hit our parlays. We hit, like, we just, we won really big last week. So, you know, I'm trying to give some of the money back. You know, I feel bad. But that's what I'm rolling with this week. So, next game up, I don't have a bet on. The next two games, I actually don't like the action. But let's talk about it. The Minnesota Vikings, three and four, and they are traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens at five and two. Ravens are favored by six in this game. And this just feels like a close game to me. But I also don't trust Minnesota enough that I'm going to take Minnesota to cover. So for me, no action here. Last week, the Vikings lost to the Cowboys, as we mentioned. And the offense only scored 16 points, and the defense couldn't stop Cooper Rush. Hunter is lost for the year, so it's not going to get easier for the Vikings as far as their defensive scheme. And depending on which version of Baltimore they get this week, it could be a really tough out for them. So they need to try to get the ball first, get out in front, and stay there. Um, Because if they are playing keep up with the Ravens, then I think they're going to be in for a really long day. On the Ravens side of the ball, they're coming off the bye from last week. Lamar obviously needs to have a bounce-back game after what happened before the bye where they just got routed after being 5-1 and one and looking like they were world beaters. Um, the one thing that is really hurting the Ravens right now is they lead the league with the most missed tackles in the NFL. So you're taking on Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, guys that'll shake you loose real quick. Um So that's going to be something that I assume is a focus in practice this week. That's something they have to get better at. Let's talk about two teams that have to get better at literally fucking everything. And that is the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins, both one and seven. Somehow, some fucking how, the Dolphins are favored by seven points in this game. It's Miami minus seven. Now, normally you would say, okay, we'll just take Houston to cover. That should be no problem. But I keep betting on Houston to cover, and they keep fucking me. I really want to take Houston to cover in this game, but I swore off them covering in straight bets, so I just I won't do it anymore. Last week, you know, the Texans scored 22 garbage points in the fourth quarter, and... It doesn't show how bad that loss to the Rams was, but they have the worst offense in football, and despite those 22 garbage points, still didn't cover my fucking spread. So that's why I'm not touching Houston. This week, you know, the irony that the week after the trade deadline, with all this Texans, Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins bullshit, that the Texans and the Dolphins play each other is just fucking hilarious. Um, obviously fantasy wise, it's even with Brandon cooks, like, uh, like that's your, that's your only real option. But outside of that, you're, you're not trusting anybody there on the dolphin side of the ball last week against the Buffalo bills. Listen, I mean, if, what if I told you that the Miami dolphins would hold the number one offense in the NFL, the bills to three points in the first half. And that through three quarters, they would have held them to 10 points. The real reason that Dolphin fans are mad is because, as DJ Khaled says, you played yourself. 
The Dolphins were physically beating up on a Super Bowl favorite through two quarters. And you went, shit, we have a chance to win this. Then the Dolphins did Dolphin things and once again lowered the resale value of their tickets. So you have nobody to blame but yourselves. This week, it's hard. You know, you're playing a garbage team, so you'd think maybe the Dolphins show out because if anything, that will give people on the internet just another excuse to say that anybody who performs well only did it against a trash team. So it almost seems like it's going to happen. Um, I I hate to say these words out of my mouth, but I really don't think this is bias. I just, I've looked at it, I've looked at it. I think Devontae Parker could be a good play here. Like, if you're in a situation, you need a wide receiver, everybody's injured, everybody's, you know, hurt, you can't get Hunter Renfro, there's nobody really available to you, and Devontae Parker's sitting out there, he might get you 10, 12 points. He really might. You know, if you're in a bad situation, fuck it. Let it ride. Um, Miles Gaskin, same thing. Could could have some potential. Now, obviously, these are, again, emergency situations. I am not saying put these guys at the top of your waiver wire uh, fucking picks. But if they're available and they're there and you're in dire straits, Fuck it. Roll the dice. If not now, then never. That's for sure. Um, Let's talk about a team that's playing for now, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. Two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they are on the road. I do like the Chargers to cover the two-and-a-half, but I think this could be a competitive game. Um, Chargers at four-and-three last week. You know, they had a chance to get back in the W column, and... You know, they had not won a game since uh, October 10th. So Herbert threw two interceptions, including a pick six, with the lead late in the game. He was 18 of 35 and, again, keeps that losing streak going. Um, November 7th, October 10th, it's pretty much a month uh, before they might get you know, their first victory in 27 days, 29, whatever. I'm drunk. I'm not doing math right now. But, you know, this week, I look for Herbert to spread the ball around more. Let's see Mike Williams get back in the action. Him and Allen, there's plenty to go around. They should both get fed. I think that on defense, they need to have someone spying Jalen Hurts at all time. Speaking of Jalen Hurts and Kenneth Gainwell, The Eagles do not give a fuck about your fantasy team. You've got Bart Scott and Jordan Howard scoring touchdowns like no fucking tomorrow. The guy who literally handled more red zone carries than anybody else, their fucking quarterback, was like, oh, hey, we have running backs now. Miles Sanders goes away, and they all of a sudden remember they have running backs and don't even give it to Kenneth Gainwell. So... Eagles said, fuck your fantasy team. 44-6 win over Detroit last week. And Jordan Howard had all the points. Um, Hurts lost me my matchup in fantasy, so hence an extra reason why I'm salty. But they are still the number three rushing team in the NFL. And I think this week, they take it where they can get it against the Chargers. It's not going to be pretty. 
but you need a W. Hertz will need to push the ball somewhat down the field while making smart decisions. Um, that may sound kind of counterintuitive or like duh, but the point is, as much as they can lean on the ability to run the ball, I think that with the Chargers, the Chargers are going to try to have a shootout and see if the Eagles can catch up. So Hertz is going to have to do a little bit of balling, but that's okay. He can do that. He can do that. So we'll see it ha- how it happens um, and if he's able to make some smart decisions with the football. But speaking of smart decisions, when I gamble, I'm always looking for a way to get an edge. But at my bookie, they double your first deposit. So you start with a leg up. Use my promo code REGULATORS, sign up now, claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie, and use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. This weekend, lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in San Francisco, and with two top 10 offenses in the Titans and Rams game going toe-to-toe on Sunday night, you can safely smash the over at my bookie. Don't just take my word for it. Head to my bookie and sign up now using our promo code REGULATORS to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, good friends don't let friends win alone. So have your buddies use your referral link so you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on their first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem so all of your friends can join the party at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. So here's another bet I love this week. My imaginary kid's tuition is going down on this one. Green Bay Packers, 7-1, and one, are a one-point underdog on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs who are 4-4. Four and four. Someone is going to have to fucking explain this one to me because I don't think Vegas watched the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Giants. Let's talk about the Packers. Last week, Aaron Rodgers, down three of his wide receivers, he put the team on his back, on his back, and knocked off the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Unfortunately, they lost Big Bob Tunyon for the season, so that's going to hurt. But Aaron Rodgers obviously showed that he can grab people from the stands and he'll find a way to get it done. Now, this week, good news is Devontae Adams is back in the lineup, should be ready for a big game. I do expect a shootout in this one. On the Chiefs side of the ball, listen, Patrick Mahomes is so bored that he is just throwing bullshit up like a nine-year-old playing Madden. He should have had 10 interceptions in that game. He looked like Russell Wilson if Russell Wilson was blind. Like just running all over the place and just chucking crap up in the air to see what happened. And the Kansas City offense has turned the ball over 19 times already this year, which is worst in the league. Like, it's it's just ridiculous. But it should be 30. I mean, Mahomes is treating the football like he's got plenty more of them at home. He averaged... In last week's Monday night game, 2.1 air yards per completion. He was 2 of 13 for passes that were 10 yards or more downfield. And 15 of 15 behind the line of scrimmage. So, anything past the line of scrimmage, Mahomes is having problems. And I don't know what it is. I really don't know. But hearing some sound bites from, like, I 
I have an opinion. I have a. I hate. I hate to put people's business out there, but I'll just say he's got certain people in his life right now that I don't think bring good energy to what he is about and what he is trying to get done, and. Maybe I'm silly, maybe I'm completely losing my fucking mind, but I just don't know what else it could be other than the sound bite that I heard him say that he has to try to not get bored out there. And I'm like, try not to get bored. Like, you won one Super Bowl and then you lost one. Like, are you already over it? Like, you just like, ah, fuck it. Let's see if I can throw this backwards and upside down and see what happens. Like, I I don't know if that could be a part of it too, but... Either way, Chiefs definitely have to figure that shit out, and Mahomes needs to fucking rein it in. The Chiefs also, just some other news, traded Dr. Duvernay Tardif, the guard, uh, to the Jets. So some O-line help for the Jets, and obviously some depth just got shorter for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, with their O-line. Now this week, it's a home game against the number one seed in the NFL. Chiefs need to protect the ball for once and get back to a winning record. It's going to be a tough task. I don't think they get it done because you almost lost to the fucking Giants at home last week. Now you got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming in, which I, I, no, no. I am hammering the plus one. So whatever you got, throw it down on Packers plus one. I'm for it. Now, let's talk about another really good team in the NFC, and that is the Arizona Cardinals, who just uh, lost uh, 7-1. and one. They are a 2.5-point favorite on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. I like Arizona to cover the 2.5 points. Not concerned there, as I mentioned previously. Last week, they gave away the game. You know, don't ask me what AJ Green was doing allegedly on that play. I, you know, like I, I heard that uh, Murray audibled and AJ Green couldn't hear it, and so he was never supposed to get the ball. But it just, obviously, it was just really ugly, and what a what a shitty way to end the game. Um, This week, I expect the Cardinals to open up that top-tier offense and remind these guys why you were 7-0 a week ago. I don't love A.J. Green, not just because of the clusterfuck that happened at the end of the game. Um, You know, Kyler does a really good job of spreading the ball around, so it's really kind of pick your poison. And in the backfield, Edmonds or Connor are desperation flex if you really have to, with Edmonds having more upside. But again, it's just a really well-run offense, and they spread the ball around each week. Different guy may have all the targets and all the yards get you the fantasy points. It's it's just really kind of boom or bust, which is is tough in an offense that's so elite. Usually, everybody gets some, um, but I don't know. It's it's like I said, kind of pick your poison there. Now with the 49ers, Jimmy G led the 49ers past the Chicago Bears last week, fucked up my under, which I even had a teaser on, but they beat Chicago 33-22. to Jimmy G even had two touchdowns on the ground and is showing, obviously, why he is still the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. 
Um, they do have the number one red zone offense as well. So they're going to look to continue to put points on the board. Elijah Mitchell banged up, but should be a good to go. Um, same for Kittle, who actually may be back this game. And that obviously would be great for a lot of Kittle owners who've been sitting patiently waiting for him to get back in the game. Sadly, I don't think that you can trust Ayuk. Um, it's really kind of Debo or bust with the other pass catchers, especially if Kittle comes back. Um, the defense is definitely going to have its work cut out for them against the Cardinals. So I don't think they win this game, but they're at home. Anything can happen. Shooter's going to shoot. So we'll see. Now, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. 6-2, and two, taking on the Los Angeles Rams, and they're playing out in L.A. at SoFi. And man, just sucks. Obviously, losing Derrick Henry for the season. And it's one of those things where, you know, one of the great things about Derrick Henry is he's never been the one to have the injury issues, right? Like, you feel like this guy is just a tank. And so that's why when you're weighing your different options in fantasy and stuff, you're like, well, the one good thing about Henry is you can rely on him. Unfortunately, Derrick Henry had surgery, and he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And, you know, maybe he makes it back for the playoffs. That's obviously the hope for them. They signed Adrian Peterson. They're hoping he has something left in the tank, but it's nothing compared to what they have with Derrick Henry. And so six and two, I mean, you're sitting there atop the AFC, and it's just a horrible time for the Tennessee Titans to suffer this injury. And it just sucks, man. Um, but they're going to do the best that they can, and I'm sure Vrabel's going to have them ready to play every week. Last week, they got the OT victory over the Colts, and this week, you know, they're going to try to do what they can against the LA Rams. I'm not sure what the offense is going to look like. I do think that Peterson is worth picking up, especially if somebody with Derrick Henry is running back desperate and you can get to Adrian Peterson before them and then flip them into trade value. Um, other than that, you know, I, I wouldn't be starting Adrian Peterson unless I really had to, but he's definitely worth a pickup and stash or a pickup and trade um, because it could be something that works out for another team who obviously is sending Derrick Henry to their IR slot if they have one. Now, the Rams, obviously, as we mentioned, they sent their 2022 second round and third round picks to the Broncos for eight-time pro bowler Von Miller. Now, Miller has four and a half sacks on the year and will now join Aaron Donald and the Rams defense, who already leads the league in sacks. And the Rams got him for basically a song and a dance because Denver has agreed to pay for $9 million of that $9.7 million salary, as I mentioned before. So, yes, they gave up the picks, but financially, as far as the compensation this year, um, so that definitely makes you believe that the Rams are all in this year and they feel like it's now or never. Matthew Stafford's playing outside of his fucking mind. The defense is playing well. Let's go. Let's push all our chips to the table. Um, you know, the Rams definitely took a risk by giving up two premium pack picks for a guy you only have for half of a season guaranteed. But 
I'm excited to watch the Rams defense with Von Miller added to it. So I think it's going to be fun. Um, last week, as I mentioned, they were blowing out Houston 38-0 to and then allowed 22 garbage points in the fourth quarter, which is kind of disappointing. I have to imagine that McVay lit them up for that. Uh, I get it. I get how the defense was playing given the situation and stuff like that. But, man, 22 points in a quarter. Like, come on. Um, the Rams also released Deshaun Jackson, which sucks because Deshaun Jackson had to feel like, man, I might finally get a ring. This would be nice. But with Deshaun Jackson moving on, enter Van Jefferson. So Van Jefferson in the last two weeks is seven catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. And he's also a deep threat. And this now lends to the possibility of him having much more involvement in the offense. So he's available in 95% of leagues as of this moment and definitely someone that you should target. And I I don't know. This is this is going to be a tough game. The Rams are favored by 7.5 in this game. I would buy the Rams at 6.5. So buy a point, get them at six and a half, because I think the loss of Derrick Henry on the road against the Rams is just going to be too much. But I think Tennessee will be competitive. I think, you know, they're going to fight their ass off in this game. But ultimately, I think the Rams are just the better team. Um, the last game we have for the week is the Chicago Bears at three and five, heading into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers at four and three. Steelers are favored by seven in this game, and I'm not putting a bet on this one. Uh, you've got the third and fifth worst offense in football playing each other. It's kind of like the Houston-Miami game. Like, it's just, nah. Like, I, I'm visually doing the uh, curb your enthusiasm. You know, Larry David just, eh, you know, like, it just it does, does nothing for me. So, last week, the Bears lost to San Francisco 33-22. Justin Fields was decent as rookies go, but not enough, obviously, to get the W. This week, you have a tough matchup, and this is going to be a physical, nasty game, and I'm here for it. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, um, but, you know, again, I just don't feel comfortable with either team. The Steelers last week got the 15-10 to victory over the Cleveland Browns. It was ugly, but they got it done. And that's really kind of all that matters. So this week, the Steelers need to continue to feed Najee. Freermuth has some upside if he gets the targets. The defense lost Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs in a trade that happened um, on Tuesday. But that defense is obviously still a menace. And it's going to give Fields headaches for most of the game, I assume. So that's all of the games for this week. Um, I will share with you my parlays. As usual, we had a couple of these bad boys hit last week, which is now back-to-back weeks. It's just insane. We completely cleaned up last week, uh, despite having our first losing week in in straight bets. Um, Four-way parlay. So in this four-way parlay, $5 would win you $52.65. So I like this one. New York Jets at plus 10.5. Buffalo Bills minus 14 and a half, Arizona, minus two and a half, and the Rams at minus six and a half. So that's your four-way parlay. The eight-team super teaser that I have for you here. Now this is, again, through my bookie, you can get these teasers. You're going to get six free points on every one of these spreads. 
and usually works out pretty well. So $5 in this one will get you $65. It's an eight-team super teaser. So here's what you're getting. The Jets at plus 16.5, the Cowboys minus 2.5, the Texans at plus 13, the Cardinals at plus 3.5, the Jags at plus 20.5, the Titans at plus 13.5, Baltimore in a pick em, and the Steelers minus 1. So if you've loved these bets, if you've loved all the bets that we've given you guys all season, if you're crushing it, if you're making money like we are, then a couple of things. Number one, tell a friend. Like, we want everybody to make money. We want everybody to succeed. Hopefully you enjoy the podcast as well. But, you know, tell a friend, share it with some people. We would really appreciate that. But also, we have some extra parlays and some extra bets that we're on that we're giving out exclusively on our Patreon, including a $2 parlay bet that pays out over $7,000. So if you want to know about the $2 parlay that pays out over seven dollars check it out on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and look up the Regulators podcast. Don't forget, we have a live space Wednesday night, and we're inviting you to join the conversation, rant with us, at Regulators Pod is how you find us on Twitter and get in on that action. Um, and I'm going to end it with an old degenerate blessing. May your waiver targets rise up to meet you. May the wins be always in your back pocket. May the overs shine down upon your bets. And until we meet again, may God stick a C note in the palm of your hand. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm out this month. Regulator!